Hello to all of you out there. I am Ulrike Seminati, host of the podcast Empowering Female Leaders for Women Who Want to Thrive. Every week you will get new perspectives, exciting insights, and empowering messages of women from all over the globe. Welcome to another episode of my podcast, Empowering Female Leaders. I am pleased to welcome today Christina McKean, who is the founder of The Elephant Project. She's doubled down on her lifelong passion for animal protection and wildlife conservation by creating this philanthropic toy company and donating 100% of all net proceeds to the aligned on-the-ground nonprofit organizations that directly benefit the toy's real-world counterparts. To date, Christina and The Elephant Project have helped aid in the rescue and protection of hundreds of elephants while fostering numerous orphaned elephants, increasing family education around the ethical and physical complexities of elephant tourism, and delighting children over the world with her adorable Savas branded collection of plushies. <laughs> Christina, this is an absolutely adorable project, and I, I love elephants as well, and I think many people around the world do that. However, engaging in such a project and dedicating big parts of your lifetime for that is something different. What triggered you to create that project? Well, I was actually in Thailand over 20 years ago and um, just on a vacation. And I saw a baby elephant in Bangkok in the street where you could, you know, pay a dollar and get a picture. or It would do a trick or something like that. And it was really profound for me. I was really distraught about, I knew obviously that the baby elephant should be with its mother um, and I was like, I can't see this. I can't unsee what I just saw. And I actually felt so compelled by it um, to make a difference. And I came back to the United States. It was kind of before social media. And I just started trying to figure out what I could do to help the elephants there and learning about, you know, the abuse that, that they were going through. And so it started for me like 20 years ago. It's a blessing and sometimes a curse to have such a strong calling but sometimes when you do have a calling like this, it is what you do. You don't have a choice. Like it becomes part of your life. It's so strong that that's what you do. And that's what really happened to me. I just felt like I needed to do something to help them. So you spend years, many years actually, in documenting yourself, learning about the problems, the potential solutions. And then there was a point where you said, now I do something very concrete. I will found something, which is your project. I work right. How did that all start? Because that is a different step. Yeah. So I started trying to align myself with people who felt the same way I did. So I was protesting the circus and learning, unfortunately, about all that abuse. My mom always told me, you just need to start talking to people because you never know like the next step until you reach out, basically put it out to the universe. So I was so passionate about it that... I, it became just my life where I just tried to figure out what I could possibly do to help them more. And it was interestingly enough, it was my birthday and I saw on Facebook, and this is probably like nine years ago, a German shepherd who was in a high kill shelter in LA. I'm in Santa Barbara. And I was like, oh my gosh, I have to, something about this dog. I was like, I have to rescue this dog. So I told my husband, I'm, I saw this dog, I'm going to rescue him. He's like, okay. <laughs> 
but I was like, I, I wasn't planning on keeping him. I just needed to get him out of the, the shelter. So I picked him up. He was this huge German shepherd and I'd never had one before. I brought him home and I was like, oh my gosh, what am I gonna do with this dog? So he was super sweet and amazing. So I kept him for a couple of months and then I put on this website in Santa Barbara that I had this German shepherd who was older, super sweet, great dog, if anyone was looking to rescue dog. And I found this family who uh, had just lost their older German shepherd and they had a ranch. Anyway, he went to live a beautiful life. So, and I got to see him. And so I was really happy about that. But this woman who had helped me get him rescued was like, you know, you're in this really great community with a bunch of resources and you need to do more. And I was like, I know. And she's like, no, you, you need to figure it out. I think she just kind of came out of nowhere and was pushed me like, and you know, she was like, you have to figure this out. You need to do more. And I was like, you're right. I kind of need somebody just to be like, figure it out. And I saw, I, I used to work for the gap in product development and I used to be in charge of the tween lines, you know, like the teenager kid lines. So I knew that market really well. And I also had two daughters and I saw that at the time they were young and they were playing with stuffed animals. And I was like, oh my gosh, I know how to do this. I can make a stuffed animal to create funds and awareness for elephants. And that I got this idea and I told everyone and they're like, that's so cute. How are you going to do it? I'm like, I don't know, but I'm going to figure it out. And I did. I mean, it wasn't easy. And I tell everyone, you know, it was my calling and it was my background. So that's what I knew how to do. You don't have to like create your own stuffed animal. <laughs> it's just something that I knew how to do. And I felt like it was a really good pathway for me to teach the children too. Because when I protested the circus, it was the children the girls, actually, the younger girls who were most affected by the abuse and wanted to make a difference. So I knew that was my market too. Did you get a lot of headwind from family or friends who said, are you crazy? You're engaging in such a big project. You, you will never make money. How can you live off that? How can you give up your job? Were there these kind of remarks or concerns? Yeah, definitely. And I was so passionate. I mean, I, I tell my daughters now, I'm like, You know, there's so many fights to fight for right now. There's so many things in the world that need our help, whether it's the climate, people, I mean, you just pick anything. But I was passionate about that and I just didn't really listen to any, I just was like, I'm not going to take no for an answer and I'll figure it out. And I think the greatest gift someone gave me is they saw me at the grocery store, one of my friends, and he was like, how's it going with your elephant thing? And I said... I don't know. I'm not really sure. I actually not sure what I'm doing. And he's like, don't worry about it. None of us really know what we're doing. We're all just making it up as we go along. And that kind of gave me like the space to be like, I'm not sure how I'm going to, how I'm going to do all this, but I will figure it out and I'll take risks and I'll probably fail in some areas, but I was so determined that and passionate. I think that I just was like, you know, everyone had their opinion and I just kind of listened to myself, I think. It sounds that you're pretty intuitive, what you said in the beginning. It sounds like that you're just with the German Shepherd, for example, you had that feeling and that led to something else at the end. And you also mentioned in the beginning that you, you can attract things into your life. And what you just said is that the fact that you, you took it to some point easy in the sense that you said, okay, if I fail, I fail, I try again and I take risks 
And this is something that many people never dare to do because they're so afraid of failing that they don't take risks and stay rather in a situation they're not happy with than going for their dreams or for their purpose, for example. What would you recommend to someone who is like for years already <laughs> turning in circles in their mind and saying, oh, I know that I should do something different. I even know what, but no, I'm too afraid. It will not work out. What if it doesn't? What do I do then? What would you say? I mean, I think that's kind of what life's all about is that life is constantly changing. So I think if you just kind of like succumb to the idea that things are going to change and also it wasn't easy. I mean, I, I worked a billion hours. I have worked on it, but I think part of taking rest is what any entrepreneur or someone that starts something is what it's kind of all about. And it doesn't have to be huge in the beginning. You know, maybe you just start volunteering for something that you're passionate about. It doesn't have to be a huge step. It doesn't mean you have to start your own company, but maybe you just start volunteering at something or whatever, aligning yourself with people who have similar interests and see where it leads you. I mean, it may lead you to something really amazing. I mean, you could meet someone who needs help with something and you start working with them and then you take over or whatever. So I think there's different ways that you can do it that aren't so overwhelming. I think some people are more comfortable working with someone or for someone. Taking a risk and starting your own business is also super challenging, but you don't initially have to do that. So I tell people, just start small because you can use your voice. That makes a huge difference. You can do all these little things to make a difference. You don't have to start big, but also know like it's kind of how it is. Like you, you might fail, but like I, I always feel like if my intentions are in the right place that the universe kind of helps me. That's my theory. Anyway, the women, I just got back from Thailand and one of the sanctuaries I was at and we were working with the elephants and the woman who owns the sanctuary, who is from Thailand, she's amazing. Her name's Lek Chyler was saying the elephants pick their people. And I was like, I feel that. I feel like they have helped me. I feel like the universe, if you're doing good, wants to help you. I mean, that's my hippie way, <laughs> but I do feel that. I feel like if your intentions are really pure and good and you want to help, that you'll figure out a way. But you also have people are like, you're so lucky, which I have been lucky, but I also have like, I have been lucky, but I've also worked really hard. You know, you're doing this for five years and it's already a long time. So mm -hmm. a lot of energy. Did you have ups and downs? Were there moments of doubts where you needed to convince yourself again? Or how, how was that journey in the past five years? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I have those all the time. I think that's just part of it. I mean, there have been times where I'm like, I cannot do this anymore. I'm so exhausted. And so I actually give myself some time. Like the past, I was in Thailand in January, I got back and I've been doing a lot of podcasts. And before I left, I did a lot of morning show interviews throughout the country, which is great. But I, I was like, I think I need to regroup a little. I think it's like you give yourself a little break because if you're trying to do it all, then you just going to get burned out and you're not good to anybody. But definitely there've been times where I'm like, this is too much, but I also am so passionate about making a difference. And I know that I've had enough little successes that have kept me going where I'm like, okay, people do care. You know, I can help. And now I'm at the point where I'm like, it's, I'm sort of at a crossroad because I'm like, I could take a break, but I also know that I am making a difference. So that has kept me going. Would you say in these five years, that you have grown in a specific way? Were there learnings that changed you or made you somehow bigger in certain areas of your way of being? Yeah, I think, you know, before I just wanted to start like a toy company and um, 
I've learned that I also have a really strong voice. And like I started a petition for, there was an elephant at the zoo here and her companion had died. So everyone wanted, was asking me what I was going to do about the elephant. I was like, oh my gosh, I don't know. So I started a petition in a really nice way and said, is there any way that you would send the elephant to the sanctuary where they could live a beautiful life and not in such a small enclosure? And had all these people call me that were helping me that, you know, had a lot of resources and money and all that good stuff. And I put it out there. And in like 24 hours, I got over 200,000 signatures. And I realized that you can never assume that someone else is doing the work. Like you kind of just have to assume that, you know, not everybody is going to be doing what you do and you just have to keep asking. And I think that's been the biggest lesson for me. I reached out to all the press and everything I've gotten up until this year. I've had help from my great publicist. But before that, it was just me literally emailing them from my Gmail account. It wasn't anything fancy. Even the People Magazine article that really boosted me, it was me just like, this is what I'm doing. I really would love for you to help me. And people generally will say yes, which I've noticed. Like People generally do want to help. And if you make it easy for them too, then I think it's, it can be a game changer. Hmm. Is there something that you learned from the elephants as such? They're very intelligent animals. They have their way of being, their way of achieving what they want to have if they can somehow. Right. Yeah. You know, it's, I feel like, um, yeah, they're so smart. They're so, such amazing animals and they pick their friends too, like even the rescued elephants that are there. They're almost very like human-like. I, I feel like we can learn so much from animals too if we just like are quiet and listen to them and be respectful. And all animals, even, you know, I have a rescued golden retriever from Istanbul and I, he was treated horribly. And now he's like the sweetest kindest dog. So I'm like, I feel like we can make such huge changes by being kind to these animals and teaching our children too that it's important to be kind to animals and we don't need to abuse them or exploit them for our own purposes. So that's been amazing too. It's interesting because we are often very mind-driven, ruminating far too much about our decisions, thinking too long, if, yeah, and what if, and what if, and then we don't take action. But I can see that you have this, this taking action focus and also this trust in the universe, trust in what's coming your way. Things mm -hmm. will fall in place when you just have the right intention. I like this idea. What would you recommend to people? And I'm sure that your friends are asking you sometimes as well. And they say, hey, I'd love to have something like that as well, a calling, but I can't feel it. Can, how can I find that? Is there something that you can recommend? I know it's so funny, actually. One of my mom's friends asked me, can you come over and help me sign my calling? I was like, I don't know. Um, what did you that? But what I do recommend, I mean, I think when you have a calling, it's so strong. I tell people like that is what you do. It's not like you can't shut it off. It's like that becomes your life. So it's like, it's there. It's not like something that you look for. It just becomes there. But I do recommend that I think if you're able to, not necessarily just monetarily, but I think that what I was saying before, there's so many issues going on in the world, the climate crisis, the oceans, the animals, children, human rights, all these things. I feel like whatever you're more inclined to help, I feel like you need to help. 
So, you know, whatever that is, if it's children in Syria or whatever, I feel like people need to help either volunteer or donate money if you can, or help whatever volunteer with their resources. I think that that is really important right now. I tell people if you don't have a specific calling, at least help in some way, because it's so easy to get just in your own world and doing your own daily things. And I think that energy, I don't think is good. I think we're all here to make a difference in some way. So if we don't have like a specific calling, at least try to help somebody else besides yourself or, or some cause or something like that. And you may, you may find that that is your calling. You know, you it may be something that you didn't really think was going to be something that you're really inspired by, by, but you start doing it and realize like, this is really important to me. It's also interesting how you build that project because you were obviously thinking about how can I raise funds or money and get this to the elephant project as such, yeah, helping elephants in another place on the other end of the world, more so. Right. And right. you combined it with a consumer good business, actually. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. that alone is quite a stretch mentally because two right. completely different worlds. Yeah. <laughs> and at the same time, it requires a lot of business savviness. You have to build that business. You have to make it run. You have to manage it. And at the same right. time, not forget behind why you're doing that and selecting the most appropriate projects where the money goes to at the end. How did you manage to bring these two things under one hat? How do you balance it? Um, yeah, I mean, I think I had experience in product development. So that was a little bit, and, and, and I did interior design after that too. So I had that. So it wasn't like I was starting completely from scratch. It's a great skill to work for a company for a little bit because you find out how to do things. It's harder to figure that out by yourself. Um, but so I, I had a lot of experience working for other companies. And so I combined that with my passion kind of thing. It wasn't something that was overnight. I mean, I didn't start this until I've been working for years for other people. So it was something, and you don't necessarily have to do that, but sometimes it's easier to work with somebody else initially just to figure out how to do, because otherwise it's kind of an overwhelming undertaking, I think, to to figure all that out by yourself. But so I had that background and then I started vetting all these groups in these organizations. You know, some worked out, some didn't. I found out more things about it. It's definitely a work in progress because I'm still learning so much, even about my own company, things that I thought would really work out really well didn't. So it's constant learning experience. And I think it will always be when you own your own company. And also it's like, you kind of have to really commit because it is a 24 seven job. You know, I mean, it's not like on the weekends I shut off. I mean, sometimes I will for a day or so, but I'm constantly online. So it's open 24 seven. So that's important too. You have to commit. You have to be there and commit and just give yourself time. I have friends who start businesses and after like six months, they're like, it's not working. I'm like, oh my gosh, six months is nothing. You need to commit for like years before this might be, you know, thriving. I mean, you could get lucky and it wouldn't, but it it's just, it's a long process. So it's important that you're passionate about it too. How important is a strong network when it comes to a project like this? So important. I mean, I told every single person I knew and so many of the contacts I got were from the most random places. You know, my friend's neighbor happened to know somebody that worked for whatever. It was like that. So 
I know my mom always said, she's like, you have to literally tell everybody you know, because you never know where the connection is going to come from. And it's so true. I mean, my mom was an interior designer and she got her biggest job that lasted for years by getting her hair done. And she was talking to the woman next to her who happened to be, she didn't know it, but this huge CEO of a company. And, you know, it's like, you just have to keep talking about your, not an obnoxious way, but like about what you're trying to accomplish and the right people kind of show up. It's amazing. Now the three main takeaways for someone who wants to build whatever they want to build, something they dream of, something they are inspired of. You said in the beginning, I think the first thing is really follow your intuition and come in with the right intent and things will fall in place in a certain way. And then very, very important, take risks, take the risk to fail, trial and error, and just do it again and again. And you mentioned it once more, that there are things still now where you think this would work very well and it doesn't. And so you have to try something else. So it's a permanent cycle, which you're going through as an entrepreneur to learn and fail and learn and fail and, and again and again, and then to succeed finally as well. And last but not least, and I think this is super important, speak to everyone what you just said, because often we think we need to strategically only address this with people where we think that they have an interest or a network that helps us. Whereas as you say, it could be your neighbor who you don't know who this person knows <laughs> and when they right. think about it. So, and things can just fall in place from a, from a place where you would never suspect it to come from. So it's something that women also don't do enough. It's, it's about self-promotion in a certain way as well, and promoting what you are doing, what you're up to. And I think if you do it really organically, I feel like people see through the sales pitchy kind of thing. And I think if you're just like, I really want to do this business, it's always been a passion of mine. Do you, have any, do you know anybody? Like then people are like, oh, this is so great. We want to help you. And people do want to help you. I think that I've always thought that too. People always ask me, I mean, I run most of my life off of my intuition, but I'm really good at um, meditating and stuff. And that all the meditations I do, they're always like, if you're trying to put good in the world, if you think positively, I mean, sometimes that's really hard to do. Even for me, I'm not thinking positively and I'm just tired and whatever. But in general, if you can at least do that, maybe like once or twice a month, it really does help your, the way you think about things and view things. It's a huge component to, I think, running any sort of successful anything. Mm. Zero, the way you think about it. Yeah, absolutely. Because what, what you think becomes the reality at the end. Or your thoughts shape your reality, even if you don't realize that. Because most often we don't even realize what we think. Because you don't take the time to step back, to listen to our inner voices and to hear what they're actually saying. And some of these voices are sabotaging everything and we're not even aware. <laughs> yeah, de definitely. Yeah, I think just shoot for the moon. My mother-in-law always says this on her texts and emails, but I'm like, oh, it's so true. Her little tagline at the end is, what else is possible? And I'm like, oh yeah, what else is possible? Like sometimes I get stuck to just like, okay, this is what I need to do. And then sometimes if you think, but what else? Maybe there's other possibilities I haven't thought of. So that's also important. Yeah, exactly. Do you want to share a bit more about the project as such, not only where we can find you, but also how people can contribute if they want to and learn more of what you're doing? Yeah. So one thing is super important is to not ride elephants because that I just want everyone to know. So I'm like, take that off your bucket list, please, everyone. But I'm at theelephantproject.com and also my Instagram is the Elephant Project Official. 
So that has all my information. I'm constantly updating that. And those where all my products are. It says where there are ethical travel places in Thailand and I'm doing Africa as well. So yeah, I just grateful to spread the word and I love women helping women and all that great stuff. I think we can all do our part to make the world a better place. And we'll put obviously all the links into the show notes as well so that people can find you easily. I think we just should have much more respect for the planet and for the world we evolve in and not take yeah. it for granted. So mm -hmm. it's a great project. I can only congratulate you for this initiative. It's fantastic. Thank you. And thanks for including me. Yeah. Thank you, Christina. This was another episode of Empowering Female Leaders. What are the questions and topics in female leadership that you are interested in? Let me know in the comments on YouTube and Instagram or join our LinkedIn group. I am excited to hear from you. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe for new talks with inspiring women from all around the globe. Thank you for listening.